Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Abundantly Curious. I'm your host, Jerry Page Butner. And this episode, I feel honestly like I'm coming out of the spiritual closet a little bit. And if you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, you might think, what? I, I think maybe you already have, but in this episode, I just really um, open up to a lot of my true beliefs as I talk to our guest who is phenomenal about all of the different dimensions and frequencies and fields and our different ways of tapping into those and getting information from them. To me and to our guest today, there's a lot of information all around us, different frequencies, different things going on, and we have kind of cut ourselves off from it completely over time, especially today where we have no space to really be still, be by ourselves, not be busy, not have a million things to do. And so we cover so much ground in this episode. There are really really fun stories about spontaneous healings, cosmic beings, the different clairs, and our guest has some profoundly fascinating stories about her children and how they were each born with really clear gifts and how that started her on her own journey of discovering her gifts. So buckle up and get ready for a very fun ride and please welcome me out of my spiritual closet. Thank you. Before we dive in, I'd like to welcome you to the Abundantly Curious podcast, where we aim to spark curiosity, ignite inspiration, and open your mind to expand into possibility. Each week, we'll sit down with experts to dive headfirst into the magical, mysterious, and awe-inspiring elements of our world, with a focus on topics found at the intersection of science, spirituality, and self-help. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe now and joining our email list at the link in our show description and show notes. Our guest today is Melinda, an intuitive channel, healer, and Akashic Records guide. She is also a registered nurse with a master's degree in clinical nurse leadership. Melinda guides women to deepen their connection to their spiritual gifts heal and understand their deep-rooted patterns so they can reconnect to their higher self. Melinda, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So to kick us off, could you share a bit about your background and the journey that led you to where you are today? Wow. <laughs> it's pretty. It's a pretty big background, but it kind of started with having children. Mm. My oldest son, he's 23 years now, but... He, when he was around two, when he could talk, he would always say, mommy, why is there an old man in my room? Mommy. <gasps> yeah. God wants what? to speak to him. He keeps telling me you want him to speak to you, to him. So we're like, okay. And all of his pictures had orbs in it. I really wasn't in this world. I was not religious. I, I had my mom, which is Native American, and she had a lot of stories with her mom and their mom. And it would scare me. Me and my husband were like, okay, what do we do? What do we do with this child? Because it never stopped. As he got older, it was like, mom, there's dark shadows in my room. Mm -hmm. And then we had another child. And he, when he started talking, he could feel things. So that's when really me and my husband kind of started the journey together. And we just started learning and learning and diving deep. And I became a nurse. That just blew everything out of the water because then I started receiving feathers and angel halos and I would hear music out of nowhere. I would experience spontaneous healings in the hospital. And so that's when we really were like, there is something to this. I was still very scared because I did have the main witch wound the fear of persecution. I really was scared to come out of this person that we as a family kind of grew into of different beliefs. Um, but it was definitely necessary as to who I am now. Wow. We just dove right in there. I love it. <laughs> So in terms of these experiences that your children were having that opened you and your husband up to, you know, this world, how would you describe in general what was happening to someone who just has never even heard of this before? 
So the children, I would just hear what they were saying, but I didn't have the experiences myself. I just would see pictures with orbs around them. And so we knew that they weren't lying. And we never, ever told them that we don't believe you. It was like, wow, how are we going to do this together? Okay, like, how can we make you feel safe? And honestly, I would ask my older one, because he was the one that was having dark shadows come into his room. So I was like, okay, who do you feel connected to? My son would be like, okay, this is what I'm getting. And this is what we should do. And so we would just do it as a family to move um, dark shadows off to the light, in a sense. For me, how I experienced it was I started feeling energy on my patients because my patients would say, put your hands on me. I'd be like, why? What do you want? <laughs> For what? But they were saying, we know we know that you have healing abilities. So I put my hands on them and then I could feel different temperature changes on my hands. And so I was like, mm. oh, wow. Okay. This is the energy that the second Zane was feeling. And so that's kind of how that came about. And then for me, how I experienced the angels is I started receiving feathers everywhere in my house, mm. in my car, on the door, um, at work, like fe- big feathers, baby feathers, everything. And I remember one time I went to my husband's work and I said, oh, I'm going to go to the bookstore and I'll just come back when you get off. So we'll just go back together. And as soon as I drove up to his uh, work, my car broke down. And when I looked on the side of my car door, there was a huge white feather stuck there. Not that we knew was if I would have driven home, my car would have broke down on a really big freeway. And we didn't have cell phones back then because we really wanted to stay away from social media. (laughs) Yeah, so different things like that. Something that stands out to me here, which I think is really critical, even to the mission and overall message of this podcast, is that whenever you really had no knowledge of or understanding of this world, which, you know, I'm using air quotes right now because I think we can better define that for people here uh, a little bit more, is that you believed your son's experiences and you got curious about them and started asking questions. And that led you to a place today. I'm curious to know, what do you think would have happened if you had closed to this new information, if you hadn't believed them or gotten curious about it? Well, I did close off to that information as a young child. Mm. I did shut it down. I forgot about it, but I did shut it down and I did experience a lot of trauma. I'm not saying that that was the reason I had experienced trauma. Who We don't really know, but I know that If I didn't open up and get curious, my children would have obviously started to feel like something was wrong with them if we didn't believe them. Then they would Mm -hmm. be like, I can't actually share my truth with the world because no one's going to believe me or I'm just crazy. And that actually is kind of what I led myself to believe as I was growing up, right? And so when I started to open up, it was like, oh, I'm different. I'm weird. I'm also a nurse. This is not part of the scientific culture and um, I did get a lot of pushback and I did feel very insecure and alone I felt like I didn't belong here you know I went through all of that so it was it was a tough time I would have to say but as I learned how to move through it as I learned my emotions as I started to accept all of myself And how could I not accept myself when I was here trying to embrace my children and accept all of themselves? It's almost like I feel like a completely different person because I can now express myself, help other people express themselves, and just feel safe being in my body now. There's no part of you that you need to hide. That must be such a liberating feeling. (laughs) there's something that you mentioned we've got angels archangels dark shadows spontaneous healings all of these things going on signs synchronicities I, i referred earlier to like the air quote world that we're referencing here how would you describe it what is this 
a sort of unscientific area that we're opening to here? I honestly believe it's the reality we live in and it's all around. And it's really, I think that there's been a lot of conditioning and propaganda to disconnect ourselves. I really feel like it's so that we, first of all, disconnect from the truth of who we are, which is one with nature, that we yeah. do all have these innate gifts and we all are supported and we all do belong. And so I feel like it's hard to say how to put that in a category because it's just, it's just our reality, but it's up to us like you said, to get curious and to start to quiet our minds and develop that awareness of like, oh, wow, maybe this is a message. Maybe this wasn't just a coincidence. What I'm hearing is it's just a further, deeper, more connected understanding of everything that is already all around us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This brings up the Claire's. I would love if you could share more about those because my understanding is that the clairs are how we will get more in touch with that reality around us that's often untapped. So the clairs are your innate, intuitive, or how you would say psychic gifts. So I don't like to say psychic gifts because as soon as somebody hears psychic gifts, they're like, I'm not psychic. But the clairs is literally innate within all of us. And I really strongly believe that they are our tool bag, that source, God, whatever it is that you believe that all that is gifted us to kind of move through this journey of life. So the Claire's, the way that I explain it, it's like, it's your innate gifts within you. So when you think of connecting to angels or connecting to other beings, right? Like that's kind of channeling. That's when you have your channel and then you receive energy from outside of yourself and you receive messages through your clairs. But when you just tap into your clairs, it's tapping into yourself, your innate truth, your ability. So there are different clairs, right? There's many different clairs. We all are familiar probably with the main four. Clairvoyance is your clear seeing. Clairaudience is the hearing. Claircognizance is that knowing. And then clairsentience is sensing. And then there's a whole bunch of other ones that we have as well, but those are probably the main ones that we all know of. So we have these abilities to, in a sense, communicate with energy. And then depending on how, which one we are most comfortable with accessing, that's how we translate the energy or the messages that come through. I think I picked up on a distinction here, but I want to clarify. So there's a difference between picking up energy via the clairs versus via a channeling experience. Yeah. So when you're tapping into your clairs, it's sort of like going in your room and doing a self-reflection. When you're tapping into a guide, an angel, whatever, it's like getting on a phone and calling somebody. So you still oh. are receiving through your clairs. But I think that for me, I know for sure when I first started, I always thought I needed to connect to an angel to receive what I need. When now I realize we just have to just connect to ourselves. That really paints the picture. How did you discover your clairs and what was the journey like for you? What are your gifts? So when I first started... I think I, I think the first Claire that I picked up on was Claire sentience um, and Claire empathy since I was a nurse. So that's when mm. I started feeling energy. And then I would pick up, I would come home with chest pain and then I'd realize, oh, wait, I had a patient that had a heart attack today. Or I'd come home with knee pain and I realized, oh, wait, my patient had knee problems. And so I was taking on therapy for them because I'm natural, I'm a natural healer and right? I wanted to heal people. So I didn't have boundaries back then. And so those were my main gifts. I knew that my son 
could see things. And so my son, actually, it's funny because even though he was like, what, like 13 or so at the time, he was young. But at this time, he was like my first spiritual teacher. (laughs) (laughs) We actually moved. um, I received a claircognizance downloaded message. I didn't know where it came from, right? So claircognizance is just when you just receive a message. You don't know where it came from. You weren't intentionally trying to get a message. But I received this message to move from Texas to back to California. And I didn't know if I was making it up, if I was crazy, but I had to trust it because it was kind of the beginning of our journey. So everyone was on board. So we just basically left everything, rented our house, got rid of all our furniture. We had two cars, our two kids, and like $600, no jobs. And we just left. We just did it. On the drive, our car broke down. And I kept praying because that was my main thing at the time was just praying because I didn't know much, but I knew that that was kind of how I was getting my voice heard in some way. And so I was praying for the angels to help us. And we didn't know that Zachary could see angels yet, but he said, mom, I need to talk to you. And I was like, what? And he said, there's a big angel under daddy's hood because my husband had his car hood up because he was trying to figure out fixing it and he and I said what's he doing and he said he's helping dad fix the car but he didn't know that that was exactly what I was just praying for I was praying for Archangel Michael to come help my husband fix the car and Archangel Raphael to come and um, guide us to California and so I was freaking out because this was our first really big experience that wasn't just darkness, scary things, you know, stuff like that. And so I said, well, what else? And he said, oh, there's like an army of angels coming. And I said, well, what color are they? And he said, they're silver, but the one in the front is green. And so that was the color for Raphael for me. And so that's when I knew that even though I couldn't see them, I wasn't sure. All I knew was that I was always praying and asking for guidance and asking for help. That's when I knew without a doubt, because I've always believed in my children, was that it was real. So that was like the anchor that I always held on to. So there's a lot I want to unpack here. The first one is, I think there's mainstream terms that describe exactly what you're talking about in terms of the clairs. I think we refer to it as like gut. I'm following my gut or my instincts or I received a ping or a nudge or something like this. And it's really interesting to me that the mainstream doesn't go a little bit further and think like, oh, what does it mean that I'm receiving a message? Who's it from? And how is my body sensing it? You know, and maybe like dive a little bit further. Are there any other ways in the mainstream that you think that we actually do kind of tap into our gifts and not even realize what we're doing? Hmm. That's that's a really good question. Um, I feel like it's safer to say mm. I got a pain or I feel it in my gut or the woman's intuition. It's safer because if we go back to the witch wound, what were the witches or women or the people during these different timelines being persecuted for? because they were connected to the earth, because they had natural healing abilities, and they were connected to themselves where they could receive messages and guidance on how to help their community, how to help themselves, or whatever that they needed. I want to dive into this more because witches, you hear it and you think like, oh, a green person with a ward on their nose and a hat with pointy tip and all this nonsense that's like out there in the media. But my understanding of what a witch is has really changed over the past few years. And I know you touched on it a little bit right now, but I'm wondering if you can paint like a more complete picture of the history of a witch, where that name even comes from and what the true essence of a witch is. So I teach around the witch archetype. So the witch really is the woman that is a healer, a medicine woman, a shaman, a curandera, a naturopath, an astrologer, a herbalist, a midwife, the therapist. So it's not even just a woman, right? There was men too. Mm -hmm. But she was connected to her knowing. 
she knew her power. She could help other women give birth or transition out of life. And the, we had, she had the ability to create and she knew not just birth life, but birth creations and ideas. And so when I started to really dive into her, I was like, oh, wow, like this is why I'm connected to her because a witch truly is a woman fully in her power and not mm. afraid to express what she sees, what she experiences, and what she's feeling. That sounds like a dangerous woman in the, in the times here and now. <laughs> no wonder they make them green and goblin-like. If you take a step back, it seems so transparent what they're trying to do with uh, the term. Exactly. And what I tell people is you don't have to be a witch to curse people, to do evil spells, right? You literally can be a leader that we see on TV. It can be a doctor. It can be anybody. It just depends on the intention that they're holding behind their mm -hmm. expression. Which also seems aligned to manifestation, prayer, or visualization, like the energy and intention that you put behind a thought and a feeling combined together has power. So even if you don't identify as having gifts or being a witch, if you're wishing ill will on someone, um, would you say that that has a ripple effect in the universe? It has an impact? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Especially sometimes we don't even realize being like humans and going through the experiences that we go through. We don't even realize how we actually speak about ourselves. Those are also spells mm. that we are putting on ourselves. Self-talk really matters. Yeah. You touched on the ancestral sort of lineage part of the witch wound. And in the scientific community, I feel that they're just starting to understand this from an epigenetic standpoint, understanding how stress and emotions of our ancestors impacts us on a cellular level that is then carried within us. And I think it's way more complex than they have any idea right now. But could you speak mm -hmm. to how you view this ancestral wound and how it's presenting for us? here today yeah so being in the kashuk record healer i believe that we carry so many different types of wounds so we have our own personal experiential wounds and then we also carry our mother's wounds because we were with our mother since what she was like three months old she had eggs so we were really with her so we experienced her entire life as well and then we also have the ancestral wounds, yes, which when I see in the records, I do see it in DNA and the cellular structure. I feel like the cellular is where we, our body holds a lot of the wounding or the trauma. And then we yeah. have the collective wound, which is we hold the collective, not just what we're experiencing today, but the collective of all the different lifetimes. Which is why also the witch wound is so deep because not only do we have past lives of a witch, a healer, or whatever it was, but I'm sure we also had past lives of the hunter, the witch hunter, you know? And then we're also holding on to our ancestry. So for me, um, part of my ancestry is the Apache Native Americans, which they were all massacred. So I fear. There is that deep, deep internal fear of like, oh, should I not? Should I not talk about this stuff? Should I not be sharing this stuff? You know? And then there's also the collective wounding of what we have all experienced over lifetimes, over lifetimes of it's not safe to own what you actually feel or even the disconnection to your lineage or the culture. I've heard a lot of people say, I don't feel comfortable even connecting to ancestors if you're doing prayer work and stuff like that. So it's really interesting kind of what we have built up to believe. I'm hearing as you're talking about the different wounds, I'm hearing a lot of self-denial. Yeah. I really feel like 
like you said, the woman or that witch that I described is super powerful. And back then, the church came in and they saw these women that were powerful or even a male that was powerful that the other people looked up to. So they needed to bring fear and take away that power because otherwise they wouldn't be the higher power in a sense. And so that's Mm. where like the persecutions came, even with women that were emotional or crying or say if somebody got murdered in that time and they were crying, they called them hysterical. But actually there were times where to punish these women that they said were air quotes, hysterical, emotional, experiencing emotions because of what was happening in that timeline, they gave them hysterectomies. So they literally disconnected their feminine parts from them. Oh, I just got chills. That's so sick. I mean, if you think about the actual physical trauma (laughs) of our ancestors and just the collective, in addition to the emotional trauma of being denied your truth, not being believed, being forced to stuff parts of yourself down. It's no wonder we have something that you've been referring to as a wound. And whenever I hear wound, I automatically think something that needs to be healed. What are your thoughts on this? Is there something that we can do to bring this out of the wound state and into being more healed? I have noticed that this is more difficult than others because there's Mm -hmm. such a deep fear of um, being persecuted. But I feel like the main thing to really start to move towards healing is really creating safety within yourself and just really practicing being comfortable sitting in your body and sitting Mm -hmm. in emotions. Yeah. So taking time with yourself, like you mentioned earlier, I imagine how can you pick up on a Claire if you're always on the phone with someone else or out and about with other people? You're never just in nature with peace. Like how could a Claire ever really present itself to you if there's no space for it to arrive? Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to um, pick up. Hmm. You mentioned the Akashic Records. I have had one Akashic Records reading, and I remember walking away kind of huffy and annoyed. I'm like, I thought I was going to be a queen. You know, I felt very strongly that I was a queen in a past life, probably Cleopatra. You know, I was a high priestess and all these things. I think she was like, oh, you were a male soldier who died in the war and some other things. And I'm just like, no, this is not me. <laughs> but I'm curious, I'm curious to know, like, what are, what are these Akashic Records and what do you find in there? So the Akashic Records is literally like the library of your soul. It has your <laughs> timelines, this timeline, future potential timelines. It's the record keepers of everything in the sense. So I work in the records a little differently because I don't want to give people readings of past lives, like you said, because they're going to be disappointed. And I also don't believe in creating another story for them to hold on to. Mm. So I work in the the quantum field. So it's a little bit like, I guess you would say, like higher frequency. Um, It's more 5D. And I take people there and... Depending on what we're working on, I can pull out a deep shadow, a large pattern. When I do the witch wound journey, so we'll connect to a past life of a witch and really start to integrate her gifts into now and help her, Hmm. help heal her, move her through her grief, whatever emotions she uh, is still within you. We pretty much process it in the journey and then access the gifts. So I do more, it's more of like a multidimensional healing in a sense where we really clear away cobwebs is what I call them and Mm -hmm. start to lessen the fear around the shadow or whatever the issue is that we're working on. Hmm. You brought up something the quantum field, that you work in the quantum field, which is a little bit different than the Akashic Records. And I've never really thought about this before, but I've spent some time 
in the quantum field. I probably bring up Dr. Joe in every single podcast, but I've done some of his work and, and been in there, you know. But you mentioned Akashic records are different, but then there's also an area where maybe there are angels that appear. Like, are these all different frequencies, almost like a radio frequency, like different waves and dimensions that are all around us? And if so, how many are there? What's going on? There are different um, ranges of dimensions. So just even from my teacher, of my Akashic Record teacher, she would say, if you do a regular Akashic Record, there's nothing wrong with any of them. It's just that the way that I learned it was she goes into the quantum field. So she said that it's such a higher frequency that it, you may not see uh, as much detail as mm -hmm. if you go into a little bit of a lower frequency, I guess you would say. Um, but I, because now one of my main gifts is clairvoyance. So I can see like a movie. So they're basically showing me the movie and then that's what I'm creating for them to walk into in a sense. Mm -hmm. So um, there are different dimensions. How many are there? I have no idea. Like I've heard of 12, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I used to be totally into all of that and like, I need to learn all of that. And then I realized I don't need to learn any of it. All I need to do is trust, connect to my channel, make sure that my channel's clear, make sure that I'm solid and grounded in my body. Because I really feel like when I first started, it was really, obviously it was curious about my children, but I had a lot of trauma and it was I really would rather escape into this different world. That's kind of kind of how I started into spirituality and I would deep dive and go into all these things. But now I realize that the more that I've accepted who I am, what I'm feeling and feeling comfortable in my body, like my gifts are even stronger. That's powerful. And I just, I feel so called to say this. I, I don't like doing the whole defend game because, you know, I'm still <laughs> stuck a little bit in the mind where I'm like... I'm going to intellectually make you believe that this is possible because I've experienced it. You know, I'm still there. I haven't like totally let it go. I'm still trying to shake people. But if you are listening to this and you're like, this is bizarre, this doesn't happen. Have you ever listened to the radio? If you can believe and experience that there are multiple frequencies and waves where voices from across the world and even across the universe can travel to you on this frequency from spaceships and whatever, why is it so much of a stretch to believe that there are other dimensions and waves and frequencies where we're receiving other information from other areas um i don't know i just i just say it <laughs> yeah and it's funny because if you think about it maybe a lot more people have experienced shadows or like uh mm. like dark energy but that's because why because they're lower frequency they're like more on our level right yeah uh, so angels even cosmic beings like uh I don't like to say aliens, they call them cosmic beings, but they're at such a higher frequency that it it's like they have to kind of lower their frequency to get to for that we could experience them and you may not even see them. It may just be like a telepathic where you just know someone speaking to you through your mind. So it takes time too to really develop your channel, which is your body. Yes. Yes, you've brought up my favorite topic, which is cosmic beings slash extraterrestrials slash aliens <laughs> slash higher levels of consciousness. And this this is something that I haven't even mentioned on the podcast yet, but it's another sort of media uh, portrayal of them as like these animalistic creatures that have come from other planets and they're here to eat us and, you know, eat our children and whatever. <laughs> but in the past few years, I've really learned so much about how they can actually just be like other dimensional beings that have evolved beyond maybe the body even or evolved beyond uh, where we are at in, in our evolution, not just physically, but emotionally and like consciousness wise and with our gifts. So I love collecting ideas and thoughts on these cosmic beings. What's kind of your sense about who they are and what they're doing out there? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of different cosmic beings, mm -hmm. like so many. So um, yeah. the ones that I really connected to are the Palladians, the Arcturians. And actually, when we moved to California, I had a child. And I actually have two children now, as we have four. But we had a child. And so when this one started to speak, he knew all the planets. Okay, he was born three months early. 
this is like a whole nother podcast, but when he was finally able to speak, he would know all the planets. And we're like, what is going on? And he used to say, I'm from Sirius B. He would say, this is where I'm from. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up for this podcast, but we would see so many ships fly over. Okay. And your your audience is going to be like, this woman is crazy. So I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so I think, so I received a lot of messages. And so this child was so obsessed with the planet. Like, I'm serious. B. Um, when he was, oh God, how old was he? He was barely, barely talking. And I had a dream of, it looked like a Pleiadian. He took me to another planet. I went through like this treasure chest, time warped into another planet. I thought it was just a dream. And I remember he was showing me how they lived on this planet. And he gave me a crystal and it was this light pink crystal. And he put it in my heart and he said, it's for Quentin. I woke up and I remember the dream. I told my husband, I'm going to go to the crystal store because there's a crystal that I know is for Quentin. And so Quentin had brought me one of my books. I don't even remember what the book was. But anyways, it was turned and the page that it was turned on said Africa. So I was like, okay, like put the book away. So later on the day, I went to the crystal store. And I just was telling the lady, I'm like, I had this dream. It's a light pink crystal. And so she said, I think this is the one. And it was a, a pink kunzite. And so we were going to the checkout. And I was like, oh, what's your name? Because she was so nice. And she said, Africa. Like, this is statistically <laughs> anomalous. This is the far, far end of the bell curve. This does not happen. Yeah. <laughs> so one night I was like, okay, I need to know if this is real. So I was meditating. In, actually in the spot I am right now and I'm like all right serious B or whatever like if this is real Quentin's really from there I want you to come down and show me and not kidding I started feeling the house shaking like something was landing mm. on the roof like <laughs> and I just I got out of my meditation I was like never mind never mind never mind I believe I believe <laughs> I got I got so it's like, all right, we're going to blow your house up. <laughs> I was like, please, please don't tell me some <laughs> No. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I believe. I fully, I fully trust. I fully trust. It's so funny. I mean, I, as you said, there are so many different cosmic beings, so many different beings in general that I think you can engage with, whether it's via the clairs of the, you know, the channeling or more intuitive. But... Something that I've tapped into is that a lot of them are like very playful, at least the ones that I've connected with. And I found that whenever I'm more playful and not taking it so seriously, that I'm more open to receiving messages or information. What has your experience been like with like how you show up in these conversations or downloads? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you said that because when I was first kind of starting, it was always like light workers, light workers, light workers. And I was always just imagining like, oh, just like our light, like we just have this huge light, which we do. But also it was like, they, my guides reminded me, it's not just that. It's like, you have to lighten up, be playful. Mm. But they always say like, be like a child because children are just playing, having a good old time, no worries, no stress. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's what a light worker is, is being lighter. That makes me want to go back into the origins of that phrase, lighten up. <laughs> it's like it's all connected in funny ways. You've mentioned channel, like your channel that mm -hmm. you can channel through multiple times. What is this channel? Is it a part of the body? I mean, I feel like it's part of the body. But when I see my channel, it's kind of like a golden light through column, I guess, like a column. But I like up and down the spine. Yeah. And then I also feel like it's part of the body. Mm-hmm. Like not separate. Connected. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that there are multiple bodies. We have our physical body, the emotional body, all these different bodies. So maybe it's like, is it a part of all of them, would you say? I feel like it's, I feel like they are all part of, like it's a whole unit. Mm-hmm. Mm and yeah. I think that just for our human minds, we separate it so that we can understand it. Yeah, that's something that comes up a lot on this podcast is we have this tendency to have like an either or 
approach things. It must fit in a box that's separate from something else in order to make sense. But the Mm -hmm. more that we can hold and in our mind that both can coexist at the same time. Um, Part of a mission of this podcast is like something can be scientifically sound and be spiritual and magical at the same time. You know, it can be both. And just being able to hold that is really expansive. Yeah, I think that for me, my very first coach, which was like in 2018, the way that he spoke, he didn't talk about spiritual stuff, but he kind of talked about it. But he was more into the actual science. And it really Mm -hmm. made me feel like I belonged somewhere because I was this nurse. And I also was super in the spiritual closet. And so just by him speaking on these terms, but in a science way was like oh my god it is safe for me to come out like it is safe for me to have these beliefs you know it's just like okay and then I actually saw somebody else doing it which made me feel even more comfortable in it I like how you phrase that coming out of the spiritual closet because I think it really does feel that way for a lot of people oh my god I know. It's so scary. It's not just scary of like this deep word of fear that we have of being persecuted, but it's like, is my family going to still accept me? That's like mm-hmm. the main thing, you know, like, are my parents going to be so disappointed? And it's so wild how we put ourselves in a box and we be whoever they want us to be just to be loved. That self-denial, the shifting of what is within us. God, that, every single person listening, we've all done this to ourselves on some level, you know, even if it's not like all the way which room, like something is happening yeah. where you've probably suppressed a, a part of self for the love and acceptance of others. I mean, acceptance in the community is a survival instinct, you know, in a time whenever to be accepted by the community was how you survived in a camp, in a community, and to be cast out into the wilderness meant almost certain death like that is in our dna that's in our bodies that wound right there definitely definitely that one is deep for everybody (laughs) (laughs) let's uh lighten it up as they say (laughs) and go to some of your healing experiences you mentioned spontaneous healings and i'm super curious to know what happened so the very first one, which is when I started to really go into it, is um, I was in the hospital as a nurse, and this lady, she was a life coach. So again, I didn't know what these things were back then, uh, but she came to Texas because uh, there was an event the year before she was supposed to go, but her son-in-law got murdered. And she before the mm-hmm. event, I know, she went to the river I can't remember the name of the river, but she almost drowned. And then she ended up getting aspiration pneumonia from like swallowing the water. So she was in the hospital on on oxygen and she said, I need you to pray for me. And I was like, I don't do that stuff. I don't do that type of stuff. <laughs> she was like, no, you have, you have the gift. I know you do. You have to pray for me because she still wanted to go to the event. So I went and got a lady that was maybe a Christian. And I was like, can you please pray for my patient? So we went in there and I went there too. And we were all praying together. And then the nurse left. And then the patient was like, no, I need you to do it. And so she made me promise her, like she forced me to do this. Okay. (laughs) And I told her I would go home and I would pray for her. And um, so I went home. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I just called on angels and I just imagined her imagined her lungs filling up and nothing like that was it I went back to work and she wasn't wearing oxygen and she was like you did it you healed me you healed me and the doctor came and he said oh my god look at her x-ray doctors never show me x-rays okay and so he showed me her before x-ray which was like the lungs were all whited out and then the after and it was clear he was like this is impossible and she went home that day and got to go to the event that was my first experience wow yeah i just got chills that is so wild yeah so then i'm like okay what is this all about you know there's still parts of it that i'm still learning i'm just yeah it's wild (laughs) 
And these are well-documented, you know. There are international records of spontaneous healings in a wide variety of diseases, cancer especially. It's like this is not like a made-up story that people tell. These things exist and we don't understand them. (laughs) Yeah. Even like Dr. Joe and all of his work. I'm just like, wow, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's had people go up on stage and show the scans of before and after where they've gone into the quantum field and basically decided, embodied, become a version of themselves that does not have this cancer and it has shifted. I know it's way more complex than that, but he calls them coherence healings because something about the coherence of the love, the energy that the heart emits and the thought, the waves that the brain puts out, if they are in a coherent pattern of love, which is the highest vibration, it can actually go into the structure, the physical structure of of the body and create coherence in the cells, which can create healing in the body. Did I do it justice or did I butcher it? Amazing. So perfect. It reminded me of a story that I heard. This guy was talking about a person that had multiple personalities. And mm-hmm. one of the personalities, they have like diabetes or something. But then whenever they go into different personality, that disease would completely go away. Wow. Yeah, right. So whenever I heard that and then the experience I had, right, and also like seek at the hospital, it was always for me, it was like, I feel like I am not the healer. Obviously, like it's a channel, but it's not even me or the channel I feel like is even doing the healing. I think it has a lot to do with the person and their belief. Yeah. She followed her intuition in seeing you as having a gift and asked for what she needed and what she saw. And you said you would do it. And so there's part of it that's you, right? And then also part of it with her believing, like, I had this intuitive hit that this woman can heal me and it's happening, right? Like the placebo effect right there. That's the scientific term for it, which I think a lot of things are happening. It's not just like, oops, oops, I'm healed. Oops, for no reason. Like things are happening. (laughs) Yeah, I, I also feel like too, when I do a lot of the healings, it's not necessarily to heal like um, a disease or anything because I do more emotional healings. So I do believe that when you do healings, like say if I were to do a healing or something, that it does work. It's completed. But if the person goes back to believing that they're not healed or sick or a thought, then they can recreate it. Because when I go into the Kashuk mm-hmm. records, I see a lot of the patterns as cobwebs. And it's usually messy. So we kind of go in there and clear it. But if there's not a uh, maintenance and a responsibility as we move forward, more copwig can get collected. That is super interesting. That makes total sense. It's like you can't just be healed like a lightning bolt by someone outside of you. There's a maintenance, that elevated state that you have to uphold to like carry it with you. I, I feel like that. And it is also hard because, you know, you've seen people like completely miraculously healed just by somebody touching them. So it's also like, like we said, we can't put anything in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much to be curious about. What comes to mind is religious texts and the instances of spontaneous healings that are present in them with Jesus, for example. Yeah. Um, It's just, if you really take a step back and open your mind with curiosity and, of course, discernment, you know, I'm not recommending anybody go out there and just believe everything they hear. But if you take a step back and look at the collective of knowledge and information, you will see more similarities and overlap than you will see differences and separation. And that's what I think is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. As you're speaking, I literally have heat moving through my body and my left ear i could feel pressure changes so it's like truth truth that's true (laughs) yes amazing okay i feel like i could talk to you forever and ever forever ever but i want to ask you for a tip for people at home what's something everyone could start doing today if they wanted to start tapping into their gifts Okay, so let's see. What could you do today? I feel like the most basic thing anybody could do is to go outside, put your phone down, 
go outside, take a walk, and literally look at the tree, smell the flowers, and see the clouds, and even like try to, um, what do you see in the clouds? Right? That, that's the lightening up. Like, you know, you did that when you were a child walking home from school, smelling yeah. the roses at the neighbor's house. Just doing that is not only reconnecting you to nature, reconnecting you to the young, curious, playful part of you, but it's also just quieting everything that we have mm. going on. Thank you for that. I love that tip. I'm going to do it after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to give you an opportunity to share some about your work, how you work with people. So there's different ways that I work with people, but we have the Nurture the Witchwood membership, which is a really deep healing membership where we do Akashic Record journeys once a month. And then we have a woman's circle where they can we could do readings, just talk about whatever they're moving through. And then they also get a vault of meditations and EFT tappings to move them through their journey of life just to support them. And then I have two main programs. Right now, it's Worthy Now, which I'm running now. And this is really about, this is an embodiment, the divine feminine embodiment program to access your worthiness and being seen and sharing who you are and in really like owning that goddess within you and then we have the clairs and that is teaching everyone how to communicate with energy how to access 11 clairs and just discernment which is so important and how to care for your channel mm, nice and how can people connect with you and follow you so I am on Instagram at love underscore Melinda, as well as TikTok. And then I have my website, which is www.lovemelinda.com. <laughs> Perfect. I ask all of my guests this, if you could leave our listeners with just one message, what would it be? That you have magic in you. It's not even mm. outside of you. It's literally in you and you just create it. I love it. Thank you so much, Melinda, for your time and share. I've loved this conversation. Thank so you. Fun. This was so fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast and want to be kept in the loop on new episodes like it, follow us on Instagram at Abundantly Curious or join the email list at the link in our show description and show notes. And if you've got extra love to give, which we always welcome, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, when we open our minds, we open to new possibilities.